Hey everyone, are you looking for a weekly fix of tabletop goodness? If so, then this is the show to watch. This week, our on tabletop store is giving away a Kill Team Pariah Nexus expansion. We've got a team of Necrons, team of Space Marines, and some cool Necron terrain. Plus, it's a great way to get your hands on the new cool commander models. Your chance to win, make sure and like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and get a comment in down below. So join us as we journey through scary portals, try to defuse some exploding kittens, and fill some pits with snakes. The weekend starts now. Yes, indeed, peeps. It's weekender time, and as always, I'm joined by the ever lovely Ben and Jerry. I'm Lloyd, of course, but this week we also have Free. Hi. Has joined the team here at On Tabletop in the last few weeks. So great to have you on the show, Free. I believe you're going to be talking us through some news items and things that you've been looking into. I am indeed. Absolute pleasure to be joining you guys, and I cannot wait to get started and talk about all the lovely board games, card games, and miniature games I've been looking at this week i have an ally i have board games i've got tide of iron it's like a proper divide here jerry of blue versus miniature gaming up here and board gaming board gaming <laughs> there. you do you've got back up now ben you're not alone yeah well on the miniature side of things jerry i'll get it kicked <laughs> off Yes. Because we've been working with Corvus Belly and Peter in their Infinity-themed week. Yeah, um, Carlos and the team over at Corvus Belly have been doing a super fantastic, great, great, sensational set of um, figures for the Pan-O, specifically the military orders, uh, and they've been showcasing them throughout the week. And we've had um, some interesting videos on fluff, uh, a bit of battle reports, which is just nothing but money shots, according to Carlos, and the miniatures themselves. So if people are interested in checking out what's coming for the military orders, then they should definitely dive in there. There's some superb looking figures, uh, some of which bridge the gaps uh, between various games. So a couple of the miniatures can be used for Code 1, although it is specifically N4 based. But we do have a Father Inquisitor, uh, a Padre, who can be used in Aristea as well. So oh, if cool. you're interested yeah. in punching people in the face as a uh, military order priest, then that is something that you can do with the figures they're releasing. <laughs> and they're a terrific set. I mean, I'm a big fan of military orders anyway, because yeah. the Crusades are always good, clean family fun. <laughs> uh, and they've got they've got a lot there, from the famous ones like the Hospitallers and the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre, to uh, people like St. Lazarus and, uh, yeah, the Knights Absolutely. of Santiago, who allegedly followed on from the Templars when the Templars were disbanded. So it's nice to see uh all of the military orders getting a show in there do you think they have enough minis here i mean realistically they only needed like three to go they only need three for a crusade yeah <laughs> and to be fair the knight of the holy sepulcher in the uh the tag there is probably three by himself uh, yeah. so everything after that <laughs> is just you know it's just gravy all day long absolutely uh, but yeah it's a superb set of miniatures uh, i do get the feeling that the uh the motorized knights of montessa uh, has that 
yeah, they have a real BMX bandit feel with the helmet. I don't know if I'm the only one getting that vibe, <laughs> but it feels like they're wearing BMX helmets for <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe it's just me. Uh, maybe I'm a child of the eighties, and I keep thinking of Angel Summoner and the BMX Bandit. <laughs> but, yeah, that is, they are a thing. What if I just happens. summon a horde of angels? Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can pop a wheelie. Oh. Why would you not want a knight of Montessa to pop a wheelie? Cold. Oh man, so, what a yeah. callback! What a callback! Yeah. yeah. So if you're into that, come on over to on tabletop and hit the infinity section. You'll find it on the top now, but you'll also find it featured if you're watching this. On Friday and Saturday and Sunday, you will find it featured in a big red box, all the new Infinity content that's been mm. coming. And I believe there's more stuff. If you're watching this on Friday night, they've maybe done it. Weren't they going to talk about stuff on the Friday? There is a live Twitch stream on Friday. Um, by the time this goes out, they'll already have had it. Ooh. But you should be able to go to their Twitch channel, which will be linked somewhere around there-ish. Uh, to go and see what they were talking about <laughs> it will be because carlos is chatting which means it may go beyond what they should actually be talking about because uh, uh like a leaky bucket he can't hold water so you know you never know what's going to actually trickle out during <laughs> that live stream right i'm gonna get stuck in with indie of the no indies of the week yes because we're gonna do two we are why are we yeah. doing two indies this week I know, I'm bucking a trend. And I'm also kind of not talking about miniatures, but in reality, I am. Okay. Oh, I'm me. not having an influence on you, Ben. <laughs> These are board game magazines. <laughs> Welcome to Cardboard. No. Um, so uh, this week, uh, we got the release of issue one of the Hero Hammer fanzine, which was created by uh, the guys at the Crown and Command podcast. And this spurred me on to think about um, not only just showcasing these guys as an indie in of themselves, mm. uh, but also another um, uh, sort of fanzine that's been created as well. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, starting off with uh, the one that we've got here, though, uh, the Hero Hammer oh. fanzine, as you can see there, is a yeah. callback to classic Warhammer fantasy battles. Ooh. Looking back to sort of 5th edition and 6th edition and that kind of thing, when heroes reign supreme on the battlefield and armies... Or about a third of the size that they are now. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. also probably weighed four times as much because of the metal involved. Lead was great. You are correct. <laughs> Anybody else getting the feels? Is this supposed to give me the hobby feels from like 1980s then, is it? This it is, is nostalgia central. <laughs> yeah. yes. Nostalgia feels you get in there. It's yeah. 10 cc's of nostalgia straight into the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just Warhammer, as we mm -hmm. see there. Uh, we've got Man of War. Uh, they talk a bit about um, second edition 40K, so the, the very, very early days as well throughout. Uh, so really what they've gone for is rather than just going fifth edition Warhammer, yeah. they've, they've literally carved off early to mid 90s and went, this is what we, this was the peak. This was the pinnacle. Um, it was all downhill after this. So let's just <laughs> let's just stick with this and paint couple of green rims on everybody's base and go from there. And it's oh. a fascinating selection of stuff from it really uh, is. a yeah. bunch of uh, Scandinavians and a yeah. Dutch uh, who have <laughs> who've come together to put this this fanzine together in an incredibly professional way. I hope they haven't blown their load in one go. Well, issue two is in the works, apparently. As yeah, well, so, yeah, but uh, this is almost a hundred-page fanzine, exactly, and as you yeah. can see, you've got like a, a Kev uh, Goblin Master Adams um, article there, who more or less defined what goblins are for fantasy 
uh, tabletop gaming because Pretty it wasn't much, just yeah. it wasn't just Citadel that he sculpted for. He sculpted for I think Heartbreaker and Grenadier and mm. possibly even Reaper. So so many goblins have come out via Kev from all the companies. It didn't matter who <laughs> you were buying in the nineties, you were buying Kev's uh, idea of a goblin. Um, but that yeah, that magical. Magic item drafting is a particularly interesting one. Uh, their their podcast is called Crown of Command, which, as anybody knows, was pretty much standard in, especially in goblin armies. Um, and it does seem to be very goblin well, centric. Magic items, yeah, uh, because yeah. it gave you leadership ten unmodified. Uh, so it was like default. So the idea of going back and playing the older version of a game, but adding a drafting mechanic in, so people aren't you're not both having the crown of command with the Griffin yeah. standard with the stone banner with the ruby chalice <laughs> because you've had to pass the deck back and forward and draft what you're actually taking uh, uh -huh. is an actual genius idea to modernize an old game in a different way this i also approve this also makes me uh well come to another point as part of this magazine is that obviously they've looked back at those sort of older editions of warmer fantasy hmm. but they've also been putting in um some sort of fan amalgamations of other things as well so there's an entire section dedicated to warhammer renaissance which not only looks at um that period and that edition of warhammer but also brings in lots of different things from other editions of warhammer at the same time to try and make like the greatest version of it which i think mm. is really nice while also still maintaining that core feel of warhammer fantasy uh, and you are right. This is uh, absolutely packed with goblins, but also lots of dwarves because dwarves are amazing. So. Dwarves are amazing. That halfling army is that halfling army is amazing. I was going to swear there, but I didn't. I'd like to point out that I managed to rate myself in there. So you well, we can we can fit in an amaze balls. That'll oh, be amaze balls. Yeah, that is an amaze balls set. Not not least of which because he has an marauder giant, yeah. uh, which was possibly one of the best giants ever made. But it's a converted marauder giant, so he's he's changed the layout of the hands, the weapon they're holding, <laughs> and has a bird balanced on one of his fingers that's sort of yeah. chatting to him. I think there's a better picture of the page before. Yeah, well, um, I'm browsing like an online version of it. I'm sure yeah. there's a PDF version you can download. Yes, you can just download it as a PDF and, and view it in your normal PDF viewer of choice. And then that will print it out. Higher resolutions and stuff, yeah. probably. Yeah, because I know at least one person who's already printed this out. So I mean, yeah. So so just just seeing that old fella back on the tabletop is nice. I mean. I could put one on the tabletop, but it would require me digging through my collection. And I'm, who's got yeah. time for that? I don't. But it is a monster issue. Look at this. Yeah, Two... is this is this really gonna is this gonna be monthly? Because a lot of fan magazines aren't necessarily monthly. Is this like a it, quarterly thing, or what? It's gonna be whenever it's ready. Yeah, whenever it's ready, it's that's the, the way uh, to go. That yeah. that is the most sensible way it... to go. There are two battle reports as well, so. Yeah. Whenever you're ready. Whenever whenever, well, that is also true. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I'm, I'm ready for the next one immediately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've I've already been through this. Weirdly, it came up. I just had a conversation with uh, peers from the community about Old Hammer because he's a big fan of earlier than this. And we were talking about possibly doing some articles together and maybe getting involved with some some creators who work on the Old Hammer side of things because it's so popular. 15 minutes later, I got a notification that this was published <laughs> and I was the third person on this page. There's now been close to 7,000. It's, it's yeah. been less than a week. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm done dusting ready to move on. However, they do have quite a lot of uh, contributors already uh, and they They're are looking look for, more. for more. So yeah. the, all the details are in there. Even if it's things like I've got a really nice old hammer style army that I want to show off. 
then you can send them photos so they can they'll do, do galleries and everything galleries yeah. and if you've got interesting ideas for articles then you can do those as well um so it's it's definitely i'm not going to say it's a coming thing because the, the old hammer community has really sprung massively in the past couple of years already so it was it's probably about time that we've seen somebody delve yeah. into this so it's going to be specifically what which edition of warhammer are we talking about i, I don't like have they, have they like they, isolated no. if you're doing this particular game where it's this edition or that edition they, they have not they they've literally said it's it's the things that interest them from the early to mid 90s so i it's round fifth edition maybe borderline yeah. into sixth uh, definitely stops before they hit seventh and eighth. Just uh, before I got into Warhammer Fantasy, I think. Yeah. This was, so, uh, yeah. But the fact that they're going for Man of War, it only had one edition, so that's simple enough. Forty k second edition, um, so that's good because I think third was ninety eight. So they haven't nailed their colors to mass. They haven't said this is in, this is out. I imagine if it's interesting, uh, interesting to you, interesting to them it probably has a place in there if you're trying to do an article on the best meta for age of sigmar probably a little bit <laughs> uh, but the, reach out to them yeah, uh, yeah all yeah. the contact details are there let yeah. them know what I, um, you're planning and, on doing. and if you want to troll them send them articles saying stuff like confrontation was better than warhammer Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, I, th I think it's probably going to be one of those things, a little bit like 24 magazine, uh, which was has come out over the last couple of years as well, which is going to be very much a kind of love letter. Do you mean, mean 28? 28 magazine, not 24, because 28 is the mill. It's the mill. Because 24 had Jack Bauer in it, and it was Yes, different. that's true. If that was a magazine, that would You be have to read it in 24 hours or less. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so 28 magazine is going to be a really, uh, well, it's a fantastic magazine. I think that's probably going to sort of fill this kind of mm. gap for old hammer as well at the same time, I think. Um, and, and as you say, a massive step down nostalgia street. Uh, especially in the layout of everything. Even in the basin style, that basin style died out. I've seen videos recently on YouTube of people going, how to do the classic basin, and I was like, oh, I really yeah. want to do the classic basin, though. There's a painting <laughs> guide in there, how to paint um, a goblin in the classic style, but it uses the modern colors. Yeah. Uh, and I was looking at that and was going, that's very interesting. Although if you yeah. want to go the whole hog, you can just go to Coat to Arms. Uh, yeah. and buy the original colors and therefore you don't have to worry about trying <laughs> oh, to match new stuff they've mixed up the originals that's cool yeah yeah they're using the the current crop of, of gw paints going you know you mix moot green with iandan yellow and highlight the nose <laughs> and stuff you yeah. know it's you know it makes gone, sense to people i've gone looking for the painting guide here but the thing's so bloody big i can't find it oh yeah yeah it was before dr the vikings chop shop and like i say that there's about 12 guys uh who all get a bio at the start and you may recognize some you may not recognize other but it's interesting because they've, they've based this initial magazine off a lot of stuff that they've done via the crown of command podcast um because they have a community there already who are interested in this sort of thing so it, it's an, just another avenue that you can reach into i mean that would have been the, the old page for white dwarf six people working on it yeah and then you're flipping yeah. the page and you're going oh there's more there's dave yeah. lister <laughs> not not that dave lister just this photo. Yep, not this one no yeah but yeah you need that amount of people because people have full-time jobs and then you're doing this as oh essentially another part of your hobby yeah 
And magazines are just horrendous amounts of work. As we found out, yeah. The great thing about a magazine <laughs> is if you're doing it professionally is you have a you can work at it all month long and you try to get three issues ahead and stuff like that. So from that perspective, it's good to know you've got goals. Whereas what we do, everything shifts day in, day out. They're they're both tremendous amounts of work, but in a different fashion. But yeah. don't underestimate it, peeps. And that's why they've gone down this route of it'll be ready when it's ready. <laughs> that's it. Uh, stepping away from Old Hammer, uh, there's also another magazine that I wanted to highlight and actually came out with uh, its 10th issue uh, quite recently as well. Uh, so this is uh, from Tom, Damien and uh, the rest of the crew uh, that are part of the Great British Hobby League and that kind of thing that have all sort of been working behind the scenes to bring the world of Middle Earth back to the tabletop for a lot of people. Uh, and this is SBG magazine. Uh, now, the first one we looked at was free. Mm -hmm. Is this SBG? Is it free to get your hands on as well? So the uh, every single ver every single issue of the magazine is available as a PDF free. The first five you can just click and download straight away. Oh, the rest of them this? you have to. Yep. Hey, look at that! <laughs> uh, the rest of them you have to email them. Their email is on the site, and they'll send you a PDF version as well. You can also donate to them, and they will send you a physical copy, just like one of these. Oh, sure enough. Oh, plastic. Mm, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, but hold that up again because it's like a proper magazine. Because yeah, when you proper said, magazine, yeah. Because when you told me there'll be a physical version, I'm thinking, all right, so something they've winged out on their printer and stapled together or something. But no, no this no, is actual yeah. proper print. Proper quality. And one of the, the great things about this as well is that pretty much like with what we saw for Hero Hammer, the photography throughout these is stunning it's the kind of level of photography that you would have seen in well in white dwarf and that kind of thing where they've set up proper tabletops they've got people involved to make massive huge vistas and dioramas and everything like that and much like with hero hammer it's very much a kind of love letter to not only classic white dwarf but also lord of the rings in general and middle earth uh, and as people know i'm quite the fan of middle earth yeah, um, I am yeah. too. There's yeah. tons of content in this. This is just as big as the other one, to be honest. It's yeah. growing and going. Yeah. There's so much stuff to get through. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one in terms of uh, theme and that kind of thing, because over the 10 issues, what they tended to do is focus in on either a particular moment from one of the films or a particular battle, for example. Uh, and then they've tried to make that kind of like the overarching theme for the issue. Mm. And then within that, they have tactics articles because these guys are fully on board with all the big tournaments that have been happening for lord of the rings and uh, middle earth strategy battle game over the last couple of years uh, there's painting guides there's sculpting guides for making your own miniatures and personalizing them as well doing things like building spiders and all sorts of things there's terrain guides and everything too and then there's all the really nice sort of like opinion pieces as well where they go back through stuff and they start to talk about how they got started in the hobby. What were their first miniatures that they picked up for Middle Earth and, and Lord of the Rings? Was it the original Fellowship of the Rings box or was it something before that and that kind of thing? Um, and they've really, really put a lot of love and effort into this to make it a, a, a really good read, uh, but also something that's quite important for those people that want to dive in and actually start playing the game as well. Um, this is great. I've just seen above with the Lego mm -hmm. and having a look at the different ball games and Trivial Pursuit. So this is yeah. just for any Tolkien fan to dip into the having a look at exactly. what miniature games and what Middle Earth looks yeah. like. Yeah. That's another, it'll be done when it's done, don't ask yes. us. Yeah, so um, they tend to 
I was going to say it's seasonal. So they try, they kind of do like uh, one at the start of the year and one at the end, kind of like a winter and then maybe a spring edition. Mm. Um, but then things fluctuate depending on sort of how their, their real life world, but their real world jobs and all that kind of thing as well, um, as you might imagine. Yeah. Um, but as I say, they put a lot of effort into each of these and it's when it's, when it's ready, it'll come out kind of yeah. thing. Because I, I um, see there's both an April Fool's special and an Advent special. There is, yes, yeah. Uh, one of the, the latest issue that they did, actually, which you won't be able to view in PDF format, but... I think I can click some of it if it's this one. I don't know. The latest one is oh, the Return one. of the King one. So as you can see here, here's the front cover. Mm. So they did the Return of the King. So it's the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Hold on. I can't... Let, let's, let's see Something that again. There we go. Flashed out yeah. too quick. So look, proper three... The new Three Hunters models, which were amazing, came out last year, was it? I think those guys did. Yeah. And then the massive army of the dead, which will impress you there, Lloyd, of course. Yeah, because I got loads of those. <laughs> it's like the easiest to paint army, and I got loads of them, and I've painted none of them. And then, you know how I said that they do like completely over-the-top battle reports? That is just a portion of what they did as part of this. So that's like eight murmur kill Oliphants there, <laughs> alongside all the Rohirrim. And then they have a huge army of orcs and the army of the dead as well. I don't think there are enough Rohirrim. Most of the Rohirrim. Yeah. yeah. You can watch that. You can play it out on the tabletop and cry like you do in the films on. That's the, uh, well, that's what I do anyway. I cry <laughs> when the films on. They too. still count as one. Because I'm like, oh my God, three hours, I'm going to have to sit through this. God, you're a lightweight, Louise. <laughs> lightweight. Cry for Return of the King in five hours. Uh, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the nine hour cut of sam walking away from half <laughs> uh was it? yeah so um tom and damien who are kind of like the main driving force behind this uh they also um have uh there's a well on youtube they've got things like the palantir podcast where they go through stuff as well a little bit like with the guys from crown and command they also um as i say have worked with people as part of this kind of great british hobby league that exists which is kind of a really nice community that basically bought middle earth back to the forefront of games workshops um sort of like focus really like uh, a couple of years ago um well maybe a few more than that lord of the rings and that kind of thing was kind of dying a death uh it sort of shortly after the hobbit really yeah hadn't um, been available from yeah. gw directly for a long time so yeah. everybody was having to, to sort of uh pay scalper prices on fleabay yeah. But because of the work that um people like tom and damien and the rest of the people that involved with the, with the great british hobby league did running tournaments like Articon, for example, that is held every year, which is a huge, huge tournament for um, for Lord of the Rings players uh, and sort of like uh, exhibition and that kind of thing. That put that back at the forefront of Games Workshop's mm. mind, and then that's why we've been seeing things like the books coming back out and the re-release of all the story, um, sort of narrative things as well for the scenarios and things, the new miniatures and the new edition of the game and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I'm sure they would say, oh, no, it wasn't us, but they're just being polite. Uh, <laughs> I think they genuinely had a, a huge impact on what was happening, uh, not just here in the UK, but um, across the world as well, really. Yeah, um, there's some... We, we hosted one, uh, we did. Sam, yeah. Um, yeah. at the, the OTT Towers. So we did. Yeah. That, that was a combination of the uh, British Hobbit League and their sister group, the Irish mm -hmm. Hobbit League. So people came up from from all points south uh, and then descended on Korean over a weekend to batter the hell out of each other. Because I remember Sam being particularly fond of getting all of his hobbits out on the table. <laughs> yeah. It has had a bit of a fan revival. I've seen a few YouTube channels that focus primarily in on Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, is am I having a brain for it, or is there some sort of Middle Earth thing in production? With is there a TV show Amazon. or something? Amazon. Amazon's working on that. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be the most expensive TV show to be cost worth. Mm. So, it's called Lord of the Rings, but it's not Lord of the Rings. I think they've they've missed they've mislabeled it simply to drag in the people who don't yeah. know the books but know the films. Yeah, set in the Second Age, apparently. So yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how that comes together. So. Jeff is desperately looking for his own version of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and, and he is willing to throw money at any massive book series of fantasy to do so so we've got lord of the rings coming and we've also got wheel of time coming mm -hmm. uh, and you know you throw enough against the wall and something will stick <laughs> it's not a I'm, yeah. I'm hoping he doesn't do a disservice to either of them um because very much so. amazon amazon have some done some very good adaptations of books uh, and they've done some very bad adaptations of books <laughs> and you just don't know what you're going to get until you sit down and start yeah. viewing so yeah. Well, at least he's doing something, you know. Well, you know, it's only it's because like... he's not allowed to kill anyone. I think <laughs> if he was allowed to kill people, Jeff would be happy enough to do that. <laughs> Wouldn't even worry about what Amazon was doing. You know, he wants to kill people, and he's not allowed, and it kills him. He watches Hard Target with Jean-Claude Van Damme all the time and wishes he was Lance Erickson. Is this because Bezos actually sits in a chair with a cat? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it turns around to reveal yeah, yeah. himself? Very yeah. much so. Yeah, very much so. Just like to Amazon, point out to, to uh, all the websites hosted by Amazon's back end, we <laughs> praise you, Jeff Bezos. Uh, 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 <laughs> you, you mean like us? Yep, yep. <laughs> if it goes badly wrong, we'll all just move to parlor. Is that not a thing? That's it. You know. Well, In the end, though, even if things start to shut down because you, we've destroyed the website through um, calling Bezos the butcher, uh, you can download some really nice uh, magazines. The and butcher, read you've even named them though. <laughs> See, we all know, deep down, we all know he wants to kill a guy. Yeah. Um, as I say, <laughs> like, getting back you, on track for you, a second. You watch what you're doing there or I'll call BB. BB! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, if you want to pick up these fanzines, uh, as you were saying, Hero Hammer is available for free right now to download as a PDF and just read online if you want to. And uh, SBG Magazine, first five issues, just download them straight away, just uh, click them and get them downloaded onto your PC. Or you can email them to get your hands on uh, PDF versions of the rest of the issues they've done uh, and the special and that kind of thing. And you can also get um, hard copies as well for your library. So, yeah, very cool stuff. I'm Sweet. really happy to see fanzines come back. Yes. <laughs> it's been too long. Yeah. The internet interrupted fanzines for 20 years, and now, thankfully, they're back. People go, you know what? <laughs> People won't be able to sit down and read this stuff. Which is weird, but considering the internet is like the perfect platform for a, vans, a fanzine. Mm -hmm. yeah. Dead, yeah, yeah. Internet's yeah. got to ruin everything, hasn't it? Very <laughs> much so, yeah. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the News. <laughs> so we're diving into some sci-fi news to begin with as we look at the new collection of terrain from the folks at Cromlech. Um, they have been building on their Necropolis Immortal Cities collection with an astounding amount of new HDF and resin kits for you to use on the tabletop, maybe if you're going to be exploring the grim dark future of Warhammer 40,000. Um, cool. The main sort of focus of this terrain is on creating effectively a Necron-style tomb world or tomb complex, I guess you'd say, on the tabletop. And they have done some pretty 
fantastic centerpieces, like for example, the Lost Pyramid as you're seeing there. Um, all of the different elements of this, uh, well, in the most part are made out of HDF, so it's all wood-based. Uh, but then you have then got a couple of uh, little um, pieces of train that have got plastic elements that can be attached to it as well. And then you've also got resin pieces, which we'll, we'll look at later on too. I'm sure these yeah. balls are probably plastic. Are they uh, well, resin <laughs> drop-in balls, plastic balls? I would imagine those are resin. Yes, simply they may be resin, yeah. Simply because they haven't um, utilized the fact that it's uh, see-through. Mm -hmm. Because the the plastic they're mostly going with is as you can see there, yeah, sort of laser cut acrylic, so it's still mm -hmm. relatively flat, yeah. whereas the curves tend to be the resin pieces. Yeah, and one of the interesting things about this, uh, and uh, well, let's just before that check out the annihilator beamer. Like yeah. that is yeah. an amazing let's just piece. Take a moment. Like Ooh. so, a HDF kit in the in the in the round, but mm. then the middle section is held together <clears throat> by the acrylic. That's just awesome. That's brilliant. Uh, that is genius and something I've not seen before, which yeah. surprises me because you'd imagine you would have seen that before. Yeah. It's a very it's simple idea. Yeah. Um, the thing that I actually quite like about the, the terrain in the main is that while a lot of other terrain that's been designed for the Necrons kind of has the designs on it, and that's fair enough, they've actually layered this stuff. Mm -hmm. So that you've got the underneath and then the, the front layers and that kind of thing. And you can see all the wiring and the, the gizmos and gadgets going on behind the scenes or all the gausses uh, flowing throughout the buildings and that kind of thing as well. Um, and it creates this really nice effect across the entire collection, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing as well to bear in mind with this is that while there are obviously some fairly massive pieces in it, a lot of this stuff could be very easily painted with just airbrushes. Or rattle cans, if you wanted to. Um, like you get in with that, undercoat it black or whatever, or gray, and then just go in with a different lighter color or just gray over the top of black, and then shade things up with greens and that kind of thing. And you'd have very, very good looking terrain incredibly quickly. Mm. Pretty cool. Yeah. I'd be tempted just to spray it black, like you say, and then just get a metallic spray can and dust yeah. it. Job done. Yeah. And you're up and so, running. If you go back to, hmm any of them really but the walkway or the uh, multi-story car park <laughs> I can't, can't remember what it was called yeah the walkway one of the most exciting things is the way they've done the curves yeah because yeah. you often see you can see resin parts and you see uh, acrylic parts added into hdf kits all the time um but rarely do you see nice sweeping curves like that mm -hmm. Uh, I imagine they've got one of those sort of what they call living hinges on the back of it, where it's it's designed that it it will be cut in such a way on the reverse side that you can bend it and get those. Because what you think they, this is HDF? Oh, I'm positive that's HDF. Yeah, and that's the wee plug. Yeah. Well, the uh, the the thing is, we get, we should be getting some of this into the studio fairly soon. So it'll be really nice to have a look at it and see uh, see yeah. the kind of details without the the paint and stuff on it as well. Mm. But in 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 the main, everything that you see here is uh, like perfect for for creating those theme tabletops. The other interesting thing I really like about this terrain as well is that like a lot of people are like, well, I don't I don't collect Necrons. Why would I buy this? And I was like, aha! But the Necrons are practically on every world in some form. So having them be there with like a strange edifice that has been yeah. set up, like for example, that massive portal, the summoning portal, including that on your tabletops adds a narrative element to things that goes beyond the fights between orcs and space marines, for example. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Napoleon, Napoleon wasn't fighting 
the Egyptians when they went to Egypt. Exactly. So, likewise, find the Necros. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Likewise, you don't need to worry about uh, who's fighting who, where, if it happens to be some sort of uh, old world. It's also very good if you've got Stargate. Yeah. Just throwing it out there because Stargrave's coming and Hasselfree do a really nice set of Stargate miniatures. They do. Yeah. So you know. there's, there's also some statues that have come out as well. Yep. So the statues are some of their resin pieces that they've made. Um, suitably aged, as you can mm. see. Mm. Again, would be very easy to paint uh, using um, uh, airbrush techniques and that kind of thing as well. You could also go in, obviously, with dry brushing and, and that kind of thing too. Uh, maybe a bit of washing here and there. Using some of the technical paints from Games Workshop to get the the effect of the rust and that kind of thing on them as well. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, cool. brilliant stuff. The thing, some of the um, the obelisks in particular that we're looking at now, they're really nice in in that. Like some of them, I feel very static. Like for example, the royal one here. But if you scroll down, there's the scarab one, and I like the idea that they actually move around the battlefield and sort of provide like buffs and debuffs to different units as they're walking around. So you've got terrain that is moving, cover that is moving around, and you're trying to anticipate where it's going to go and sort of take out Necrons before they can get buffed by the the pillars and that kind of thing, which would be really cool. Um, but yeah, stunning pieces as well. Um, and then you've got more stuff here that includes the uh, sort of acrylic um, energy and the Gauss energy that's sort of um, powering all these different devices. But as well as that, they've also done some kind of basing and sort of scatter bits as well. So you see them here. So they've done crystals and that kind of thing that are very synonymous with the um, the Necrons. And you can use these to decorate bases or stick them around the larger pieces of terrain if you wanted to put them onto a larger sort of base as well, perhaps. Yeah. And then you've got obviously the, the crystal stacks there as well. Um, for creating uh, fortress of, a fortress of solitude. Uh, you went Superman. Tomb, well, yeah. I was just going straight to uh, <laughs> Elam for Star Wars. Well, I'm just yeah, going to the yeah. crystal caves in there. Yeah. So. Um, but um, yeah, you can also see some of the slightly more modular nature of things. So this is utilizing the Lost Pyramid with the obelisks, but in a different fashion to create the, these like massive structures. Uh, and then in the other image that's below that one, you'll also see one of their other kind of more modular kits. So this is for creating base layers um, for the pyramids and also larger things like wall structures or maybe uh, sort of containment areas. Each of those different uh, block sections is separate. Yeah, I believe um, there is walls with this set though as well that we just don't have the pictures of. Yeah, yeah, there are some other bits and pieces in there as well over on their web store, um, but you can go and check those out too, uh, but yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so this means you can do, range. yeah, you can do multi-layered stuff, which is always important when it comes to wargaming. I think um, having that kind of kind of height to things means that you're not always playing on that one kind of like that flat field. Uh, you 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 have a couple more tactical options to try and consider when you're playing games, you which what? is always good. So. We we ran a campaign day, oh, for forty k many moons ago, where I wrote the rules for Necron Tim World and really upset a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> with what was going on on those tables if i'd had access to this i'd have upset all of them <laughs> you would have given them 18 inches of pain i would have given them 18 <laughs> inches of pain as it was i gave most of them quite a lot of pain look at this but, monster but on a more a more you know sort of subtle eight to ten inches in some okay. respects i mean compared to the miniature as well it's, yeah. yeah if you want um, cyclopean uh, architecture for your ancient civilization, then you know that's that's the way to go. I'm just waiting for Timothy Dalton to trip over and land with his uh, his mouth. Oh, no. that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. 
but yeah, uh, so uh, Cromlex Necropolis Immortal City Terrain is available right now. Uh, definitely go and check it out, especially if you're a grim dark sci-fi fan. Moving on, Freya, I think you're going to be giving us an update on some Arkham stuff. I am indeed. There is a new expansion that's been announced uh, from Fantasy Flight Games, The Secrets of the Order. And I love it when I'm able to explore new places in Arkham. This is why I love Arkham Hollow, because it's loads of new places that I can visit, especially being stuck inside at the moment. <laughs> I feel like I am going somewhere. And their expansion gives us uh, new scenarios, more locations, more monsters, and, of course, brand new investigators to play as. And uh, we head over to the eerie town of French Hill. But the one thing I love about this expansion is you're not cut just at French Hill. You're not just going to another location. You're going to a new reality. And this new reality, you get to explore the deep, dark depths of the underworld. So you can imagine Ooh. what kind of monsters you'll be meeting there. With the four new investigators that are coming, and they're ready to join the party too, we've got a nice logical soldier on the way. And interestingly enough, an aviatrix that's joining the fray. So that's going to be quite interesting. There's three new scenarios coming. And including restless spirits and conspirers and monsters, you'll get an opportunity to see what's lurking in the deep dark of underwear. Did I just say underwear instead of yeah. underwear? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, that's Dan in. Often on this show, we just play a lot of deep darks of the underwear, yeah. uh, but it's mostly Warren, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting seeing where they're going with uh, Arkham as well, because FFG have done some beautiful stuff mm. for the Arkham board game. And I, I do like the fact that they keep adding not just investigators, but new, I suppose, realities, because I'm a, I'm a, a slight Cthulhu fan. I'm, I'm a massive, massive Cthulhu fan. So just being able to pull people from new england or wherever they happen to be set in and push them into different realities to have to deal with things like what looks like a gug on the front cover of that going mental um we don't always see the same sort of creatures that people are having to deal with all the time yeah i imagine at some point they'll build up and just get cats to take people to the moon uh which is, which is <laughs> what i live for don't laugh <laughs> cats and Kareth is particularly creepy and you should always watch out for cats in any cthulhu based game <laughs> so yeah. the 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 thing as you say like they've really gone in on kind of expanding out this cthulhu arkham um sort of series of things so we have the arkham horror in the sense of the board game but then there's also the card game as well which has been doing really really well i know that asmodea are coming up with um another digital version of arkham horror to dive into as well so there are many many opportunities to dive into this kind of weird world uh, with the guys at ffg uh, and that's yeah always nice to see new investigators and interesting things to do um yeah. i still remember back to playing six hour games of eldritch horror oh, yeah. uh, and diving into that and having a lot of fun with it um so yeah very cool to see them doing more stuff for arkham horror as well one thing i really like about there is a new keyword added called shrouded uh -huh. so what's really great about this is you have no idea what you're getting into until you're in it because all of your enemy the monster abilities are hidden so oh, until man. you get into it you have no idea what and no idea what you're going to get into whatsoever which makes sense so for a cthulhu game yeah. 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 <laughs> the new pack comes with 130 new encounters uh, and event cards, and the new investigation just gives you a chance to go through the portal, 
from. Um, what do you mean go through the portal? Who would go through that portal? If I did that, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, my first idea is go through the portal. <laughs> no, fair enough. Go through the portal, is... and even better, oh. waiting on the other side is the underworld world. So yeah, yeah. you can't lose. So you've got a chance to feel really that fear. That's exactly what it is. Arkham Horror of yeah. uh, Arkham Horror, that is. Even. That does sound scary. I go through the portal and I end up in a giant pair of underwear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the dark of your underwear, yeah. That's that that does sound scary. Not your underwear, Lloyd. <laughs> Somebody else's underwear. It's already been used. Oh, no. No. Mm. No, very, very cool. I really like the fact this kind of shrouded mechanic because it's always something that I always find with a lot of card games, well, and a lot of board games, is that you can sometimes, especially in a co-op context, yeah. is that sometimes you'll have the alpha gamer syndrome going on where people are like, oh, no, we should definitely do this or this or this. And you're like, well, yeah, that sounds like the best thing to do. Let's do it. But because you've got the shrouded um, uh, sort of stats for the creatures, everything's a little bit of a mystery for, for all people at the table. So you can't just make solid plans all the way through. Yeah. So it's going to be very cool seeing how that plays out. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. No, set, no setting up combos. No just setting up combos. Just because you know exactly. what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know who we're talking about, Justin. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of things that are coming up, Baron's War. Baron's War, yes. Jerry. Baron's yeah. War. I'm, about that. I don't, don't know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> so Jerry has managed to resist the Baron's War, apparently, for the last couple of months. But Wave huh. 2 for the Baron's War and is now available over on the Footsaw Miniatures and Games web store. Um, so they've come up with, well, this is everything from their second Kickstarter, uh, with a couple of bits and pieces here and there added on as well. So you've got new characters in there, um, for example, like Prince Louis. Uh, but then you've also got new knights, footmen, men-at-arms, peasants, Everything you could need for making your war bands for use in the Baron's War game uh, by the guys at Warhost as well. And they're sort of like little conglomerate of uh, merry gentlemen. Um, mm. But that leads me on, interestingly, to talking about some other merry gentlemen as well. Because on top of the kind of the knights and the soldiers, you've well, also I mean, got looking at this. Robin Hood, Friar <laughs> Tuck, Will Scarlet, Little John and Maid Marian. <sighs> Amazing miniatures. I bloody love Robin Hood. So it's fantastic to see these coming out. It's uh, really, 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 Friar really cool. A bit, uh, a bit light a bit around thin, the mid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. this is Friar Tuck. Yeah, that's Friar Tuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bit of green stuff added to the midriff there. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly Maid Marian, Maid Marian, and her merry men, is it? It's it's not the classic CBBC <laughs> CBBC uh, show, no. But um, man, I love that. That was so good. That's a blast from the past. Oh, pancake day! It's pancake day. Everybody ready? It's pancake day. But anyway, I'm 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 digressing. Really? Uh, some <laughs> some really fantastic. <laughs> some really fantastic uh, uh, miniatures from the second wave of the Barons War. There, um, fantastically painted up. A lot of these, anyway, by HV, HMV, uh, HVM Workbench, not HMV. The dog didn't paint these. The dog didn't. Yeah. No, no opposable thumbs. He's not going to be able to pick up a brush. That'd be madness. Um, but yeah, this, <laughs> this, this is just like uh, like the, the top of what they have for the Baron's War right now. There is a huge range that they did for this that has been made possible by Kickstarter backers and that kind of thing. Um, and you can seriously dive into making some very unique warbands uh, with the miniatures that they've got over on their web store. Yeah. And if you're playing the Baron's War specifically, um, Robin Hood and his Merry Men, or Maid Marian and her Merry Men, depending on your choice of 
Mary Manning, uh, are actually <laughs> a, a warband uh, in and of their own right. So you can just run Robin Hood against the Sheriff of Nottingham if you I fancy would... playing that style of thing with the Barons War. I was thinking of a really interesting scenario idea where you still play as your barons and your lords, but the but Robin Hood and his band of merry men are kind of like a wandering monster kind of thing. Like an so AI. They, they could, just appear. Yeah, they could turn up and just ruin the day for everyone. And so your barons have to work together to try and deal with this bloody outlaw who keeps stealing all what, their objectives and stuff. What you need, Ben, is a love child between this Robin Hood stuff for Barnes War and Borrowers and Badgers that gets you Robin Hood, the Disney movie. Oh, I do have a miniature that I painted as Robin Hood. And away he goes. Is it a fox? Go and tell. It's not a fox, unfortunately, no. But, oh, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Don't I need you most? Now I've got a question. What are they doing at Oathsworn if they're not making Fox Here he is. Robin Hood? Look at him. Look at him. I painted him up to be just like Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> He's my Robin Hood otter. <gasps> oh. Derailing the show to talk about burrows and badges is always good. Oh, really? <laughs> Whose fault was that? Oh, mine. Yours, yours, <laughs> yours, yeah. uh, ben, ben is blameless on that one. Exactly. Yeah, the Barnsworth yeah. stuff is particularly nice, and the, they're they're. There's uh, more, isn't oh, there? Mm, yeah, in ten days' time. No. Nine yeah. Um, time. So they're going to be coming to Kickstarter on the twenty-first of March yeah. with Death and Taxes, which is Barons War Part Three uh, for the Kickstarter. Oh. Um, and as we were talking about this previously. There is going to be a Sheriff of Nottingham as part of this collection, uh, which is the real-life Sheriff of Nottingham. Um, not uh, Alan Rickman. Is that not what you're Alan saying? Rickman. Because no. yeah. I think you'll find Alan Rickman. <laughs> I'll carve your heart out with a spoon. Why a spoon? Because it'll hurt more. <laughs> Very good. Um, but yes, Pierre is on the way. And apparently he was a really dastardly man. Uh, and his family was even cited in the Magna Carta very specifically so that they would be uh, taken away from their positions of power within England. Right. Yeah. So we don't want this guy. <laughs> Who's in charge here? He is, but really shouldn't be. We've also got these uh, the Knight Templar that got uh, previewed as well recently too. Um, they are visiting the priest of St. Oswald uh, yeah. to pay respects to him. Look at that. that there's three of them. That's that's what you need for Crusade. And at that point, that, that is probably where my resolve will crumble. <laughs> the Barons, because I've been very, very good. Yeah. So I've been so good. <laughs> I've been so good. I've not gone near them. But about a year, ooh, I'm going to say actually more, two years ago, they sculpted a hospitaller based on um, the King of Jerusalem film. What's it called? Ridley Scott. Oh, Kingdom of Heaven. Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah. So the, the hospitaller who accompanies Liam Neeson and is yes. his advisor, yeah. they did a model of him. And it was a freebie one month, and then they never revisited the Holy Lands. It's like, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you toying with me, Hob Day? Because I know where you live slash work. So he's not, they've not gone anywhere near the Crusade since, and now they're just going. And here's some nice temper. Yeah, and here's some terrain that has nothing to do with going on crusade as well. Yeah, so uh, this has actually been provided by Lion Tower uh, Miniatures, who do 3D sculpting work. So this will be available as um, STL files um, if you want to print them off at home. 
But if you're an old fuddy-duddy like me, mm. you can also just get them in pure resin. Ooh, God bless. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and put them onto your tabletop and get them print, uh, get them painted in that way as well. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely nice. Especially that, that particular setup, if you are going to go the whole hog and start throwing out some sort of Robin Hood-like things, then you could replay Ivanhoe with your Knights Templar and that setup in particular. You can just do all of your your Templars fighting knights in England um, and just you know replay that. Yeah. BBC did a very good ad adaptation of it. Nothing like the book, but a good adaptation nonetheless. <laughs> just saying. But yeah, uh, watch out for the Kickstarter and uh, more stuff coming soon for that. Yeah, very cool. Moving swiftly on, we've got stuff coming up from the exploding kittens cried one thing that i absolutely love this caught my eye this week was that everybody knows exploding kittens and i don't know about you guys but one thing i've actually really missed in quarantine and i didn't think i'd ever say this because i'm not much of a socialite but is i've missed party games i've missed sitting there playing fast paced party games and i've genuinely missed playing exploding kittens so i was delighted to find out that they've recently released quarantine kittens and the best thing about quarantine kittens is that you don't need to buy anything extra so all they have done is they have adapted exploding kittens to allow you to play the game over zoom over facebook over whatsapp or whatever platform that you want to play on mm. and the great thing is is that you don't need to buy anything and well other than having the other person to play with because that might be <laughs> got to have your set they have their set and you take out these cards and you are able to play the game Exactly, weird, but over a camera. And I think yeah. this is absolutely fantastic that designers of games are adapting them now to the new age that we live in. Mm. And it yeah. is great to see just such a nice party game. And when I played this with my family, it was just, it wasn't obviously the same, but it was <laughs> nice to have uh, something, a party game to play yeah. back as like, well. Yeah, I, 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 I up there. Just yeah. out of reach. I was going to say, I, I totally agree with you with the idea of being able to like, play stuff through things like zoom or, or you know google meet and that kind of thing because even though things are starting to go in the right direction when it comes to being socially distanced and that kind of thing i still like the idea that maybe on a friday night or whatever if you're not going out sit down with your friends and do this over the internet and yeah. just have a little bit of fun i think it's really really cool to have this kind of thing exist out there because the last year has showed us a lot of stuff can be done through things like Tabletopia and just using webcams, for example, as well, as you say. Um, so having more of that is always good. And party games are a blast anyway. Just like and if, if people haven't seen Exploding Kittens before, I don't know where they are in the world because Exploding Kittens, I think everybody ended up buying it on Kickstarter. Literally every household has one. If yeah. you didn't buy it yourself, just check. Check around your eyes, open a few cupboards, you'll probably find us. Uh, it's an amazing <laughs> game. From, it really is uh, Matthew at, at the oatmeal with his unique uh, idea of what what the world is like and and the very simple premise that kittens do explode and you need yeah. to defuse them. So you know, it's worth picking up. It always travels with me whenever I'm going to any sort of yeah. convention or tournament or something like that because you can teach people how to play in about five minutes flat yeah. and start hammering through games at a rate of knots and really annoy your opponent whenever you've got the little kitty laser to. Defuse the bomb, or whatever <laughs> it happens to be. 
<laughs> if you do need something to play and you do have a set of exploding kittens mm. in the cupboard, which is more than likely, it is really worth giving it a go. I have played it myself and it is a lot of fun. It is. It takes a minute to get used to, but it is a lot of fun and it's well worth doing, as Ben said, on Friday night. I've got nothing best. Sweet. Next up, War Games Atlantic, peeps. Oh, yes. So... Um... I, I think I may have missed this when it came out originally, but War Games Atlantic have now fully released their two newest plastic sets. Um, so one of them is the set of British riflemen for use during the Napoleonic Wars. And the second of them is their resistance partisan set for use during World War II. But going back to the... Uh, I'm making you jump all over the place, yeah. Lloyd. But uh, <laughs> going back to the British Rifleman, uh, you get 32 miniatures in the box, which is just fantastic, obviously, from the guys at War Games Atlantic. Mm. And there are loads and loads of options in here for making your little um, skirmishing warband or maybe your full regiment ready to march out to do battle with the French. Uh, and as you can see, loads of different ways to pose them and arm them and lots of head options, and that kind of thing, too. Particularly interesting as well, if maybe you want to play something like the Silver Bayonet, which is coming out later this year from Osprey, mm -hmm. which is all about Napoleonic stuff mm -hmm. and werewolves and witches, might also be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, on the other side of things, you've also got the resistance and the partisans. Uh, so if you wanted to um, fight through the streets of Paris with your resistance fighters against the Germans, or if you wanted to be setting up a resistance somewhere else in Europe, maybe in Italy, for example, and uh, then you can dive in and play around with some more of these miniatures. Again, very customizable, lots of different poses, lots of weapon options. Um, there's all sorts of things that they will have looted. Uh, who the heck's um, this guy? <laughs> I, like to, I, like, I, like, I like to think that he's... Are those sunglasses or black eyes? It's, it's from sunglasses. It it's from like, it's like 1950s yeah. French black and white art house <laughs> sort of collective. So, uh, we could uh, fight the Nazis, but we do not want to today. Today we are loose. And that's it, yeah. If you put him in the black and white stripe, he'd look dead like a robber, you know? He mm. would, yeah. That's what I thought it was a bandana, like an eye bandana <laughs> thing for like Black like Burger like, Bill or something, yeah. I'm going to take my glasses off because I have to have a look here because I'm old. But I don't <laughs> actually think there are glasses on that miniature. I think. I think the guy painted those on. <laughs> uh, which I think it was Matthew Leahy. Yeah. So, um, which was popping back up again there, Lloydie. Lo and behold, we do have some of these plastic kits, and we will be reviewing them in the future. So oh yeah, yeah, that, we will. So, yeah. So he's one of the beret wielders. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, none of them have glasses on. <laughs> oh my god! So that's print. That is just painted on. Yeah. yeah. So he's decided he needed a pair of shades. I still, um, I still think he's burglar Bill, like uh, Free was suggesting. Maybe he just isn't getting enough sleep. <laughs> he's, he's been, I have been up all night fighting the Nazis. What have you been doing with your time? Not much, I see. Black eyes are just simply a cry for help. That's all it is. <laughs> that, that's it. It's like a panda. Um, I have to say, I, I'm really, really impressed with both sets. Uh, there will be full unboxings slash reviews coming because there's a, I have a few niggles with them. Um, Nothing major, but I always have niggles with things because I'm by nature a contrarian. Um, but what I was really like to see with the um, French resistance in particular, I have a Polish resistance force already. Uh, now, there are no strings of onions or garlic with any of these people or or striped jumpers. So mostly, mostly no they can no be... No shades. Yeah, no <laughs> shades. So they can 
they can probably end up they won't have the right weaponry to use as protus resistance if you're if you're playing from the eastern side uh, but there's no reason why you can't um weaponry aside you you're you're quite nice they'd also do very well for pulp games if you're looking to play yeah. 1920s 1940s uh a few of the weapons are a bit you know they are clearly 1940s weaponry um so you shouldn't probably have people running about with a bren gun um but some of the grease guns you could get away with and certainly the pistols and the uh the, the mauser um are all good to go so for people doing sort of gangster type games where you just want civilians uh they do the job there quite nicely as well a mm. uh, bit too well dressed to be irish for the uh, revolutionary <laughs> war i have to say <laughs> nobody they've got, nobody they've got had, shoes for a start yeah, they've got shoes nobody <laughs> had, they had outfits like that in ireland on that stage they're they're too too uh too casual too obvious so the beret is not the hat of choice for the Irish either. No, no. I mean, even the even the leather. Nobody in Ireland had a leather coat. <laughs> Where are you getting a leather coat from? Why is your coat so shiny? <laughs> it's not going to be happening. But, um, but both sets are beautiful. There's some nice nice options um, for the specifically for the rifleman. Uh, there's a knock gun or a volley gun, so it's it's a, a six round musket, yeah. which which is only this in one there. Here. Yeah. Yeah. It's only in there because Harper in Bernard Cornwell's sharp books uses one. Yeah. So people may remember Darrow O'Malley running about the place with a, essentially a, a six firing musket, just leveling ranks of French in one go. And that's the only reason that exists in there. But I'm fine with that because I have Mark Latham's chosen men from Osprey, which Perfect. gives you the option to upgrade a sergeant in your rifleman force to have that specifically again to be Harper. <laughs> and there's even, I don't think they show on any of the pictures, um, but there's actually a little Darrow O'Malley like uh, sort of little curly haired Irish type fella who can be reeling the knock gun if you Brilliant. want to do that. So you can, you can do your sharp with the plastic set beautifully, uh, which is really nice. What about yeah, no, no, they've, they've skipped them. There's, there's not one of them there looking like Dara. What about kit bashing between this and their other sets then, Jerry? Because I know they've been releasing a wide variety of different types of sets. They have now. We haven't seen anything else World War II from them yet. Uh, we've only seen World War One. Germans, Germans yeah. and French are coming. So a bit <clears> early <throat> for that, but I imagine with World of Blaze, we're going to see some other things. Um, they are also doing a large army build, uh, I think it's Prussian force, which are one-piece miniatures for Napoleonics. Um, one-piece? Well, the heads are separate, uh, and I think maybe occasionally an arm is separate, but more or less it's it's instead of 30 guys in a box, it's going to be 60 guys in a box, so it's get your So making quickly started. ranked armies. Yeah, oh, yeah. So something like that? Yeah, exactly, something like that. This, yeah. is, this is more war games or this is my warlord russians yeah so that that, that style of thing um I, so i haven't haven't had a chance to see the prussians in the flesh yet but when they do make any of the boxes they're always scaled so that you can keep bash between them so much so that when they they did the eisenkern that we looked at last week uh they've actually reduced them in size from mark's original scaling so it fits with all their other sci-fi uh so I imagine all of these will be interchangeable uh, and as the the range sort of grows and expands that you'll be able to do things like mix in the the uh, partisan French with stuff from you know cool. World War two and, and boxer rebellion or whatever it'll be interesting to see where they go because they don't they'd never take a 
we're going to do Americans, British, and Germans route for World War Two, or we're going to do you know the, the main <laughs> line route, because everybody yeah. does those main, and so they they tend to move at the edges of things. So the fact that they've gone, we're going to go into World War Two, and the first thing we're going to release is resistance civilian resistance fighters for it says French, but you know you could use them for polish or you could use them for uh dutch if you want to do some sort of stuff around arnhem or whatever it happens to be so i imagine the next thing we see won't be another middle of well, the road release either i think they're doing dacians or they at least showed off the box art for dacians i think coming they, up they soon, did so. they've also got yeah. some um i think either byzantine or late romano british stuff coming as well because they've, yeah. they've shown a bit of artwork for that too mostly to annoy lloyd i assume Plus, uh, lots of stuff. I think they're doing, is it Aztecs or Mayans are coming up as well? So um, Aztecs are coming because they're doing conquistadors, so they, yes. want, to have, they yeah. want to have the requisite forces to bounce off each other there. But again, you know, they, they look at it and go, everybody else is doing Italian wars in the 1600s. What if we go to the New World and do Jango Warriors? <laughs> Boxer Rebellion. You know, yeah, yeah, doing 19, that too. 1900 Boxer yeah. Rebellions coming so people can see Tiger Warriors and stuff. You're going, sure. In their, ones, in, in their onesies. In their, yeah. in their Tigger yeah. onesies, yeah. which is uh, exactly where Tigger came from, as far as I'm aware. Of being <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, fantastic stuff coming up from War Games Atlantic there. Go and check out those new plastic sets as they are available to buy right now. I will maybe be getting some of the riflemen to maybe, yes, definitely do Silver Bay in it. But there, there we go. You just want to shout, I hate that. <laughs> I, well, you've, you've got to, if you're going to be playing a game in the Napoleonics, you've got to be prepared to shout and bollocks as often as possible <laughs> because that's what Sean Bean does, man. That's like, yeah. Yeah. Remind me at some point to show you my Sean Bean miniature. <laughs> I get <yeah>, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving on from the Napoleonics, we've also got uh, a little bit of a board game announcement from the guys at uh, PSC Games. So they have joined forces with the guys at Paradox to bring the very well-loved PC game Prison Architect to the tabletop with a new board game called Cardboard County Penitentiary. Can you see what they did there? Uh, this is going to be coming to Kickstarter very soon in May, I believe. And it's going to be a wonderful play a game where you effectively play out the sort of experience of the the pc game on the tabletop um, what you'll be doing is it's kind of split into two kind of phases effectively where you've got a bidding phase to begin with where you will bid on different tiles to build your prison as well as staff cards and policy cards and that kind of thing very similar to people that have played prison architect and then you will then use the construction phase to build your specific prison and try and make it as I want to say luxurious, but that seems like the wrong word for a prison. Uh, you're effectively <laughs> trying to make it to suit the prisoners that you're trying to bring into your... Uh, into well, your like that dude from Porridge who has all the cool stuff in his cell. Yeah, well, yeah, basically. Well, interesting, one of the things about Prison Architect... Is that you, can, <laughs> you can choose which prisoners you want to bring in, and they will give you certain amounts of victory points depending on their kind of level of danger kind of thing. But obviously, if you bring in a dangerous criminal, you're going to have to make sure that they can't escape from your prison. Oh, so you're going no. to be building all the walls, all the cells, all the amenities, like cafeterias and showers and that kind of thing, dealing with events as they pop up and all that kind of thing too. Um, it seems like a really, really good mix of both kind of like fun uh, with kind of head-scratching puzzle uh, layouts and that kind of thing as well. So 
I'm a big fan of Tom Are you actually games. trying to escape from the prison? No, no, no. <laughs> You're building the prison. You're the warden. Oh, I'm not just some dude in the prison going, sneak me in a TV, sneak me in a Snickers. I mean, if you if you want to sit there and draw, and draw a order. map of uh, the prison all over your body and sit there pretending that you're trying to get out of it, then you can do that. But uh, That works too, yeah. Got an expansion there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the spin-off. I'm, I'm curious about it because, you know, obviously all you want is white collar criminals you just oh, yes. want the creme de la creme yeah. of american big business in yeah. there who are just going to sit quietly and do nothing and not be any hassle but do you get more money if you bring in you know real well, you see, people? Thing. yeah if you bring so, in the deadly guys then you'll obviously get more victory uh, points but it'll be I, easier for them to escape and that kind of thing am i building the prison and you're in the prison or are you also building the prison all the players are building their own prisons trying to get the most points out of it somebody's so, trying to keep yeah. Jeff Bezos in <laughs> somebody else. Somebody else is that lunatic from Texas who built the wire prison in the middle of the desert on the grounds that if anybody escapes, they're dead from exposure anyway. There we go. You know? yeah. And then somebody else is really nice and builds a Norwegian yeah. prison where everybody's really good and rehabilitated at the end, which like makes a, no sense. A superhero edition of this at some point where you can build plastic cages for keeping like Magneto and stuff in. Exactly. Yeah. Well, man. The, but the to be ideas, fair, yeah. Mr. T is on the front cover of that. Yeah, he is. Right, yeah, done. I'm not entirely is. certain what Mr. T has done. Uh, is this before <laughs> the A team break out? <laughs> uh, the, the, what I quite like about this as well is that because it's kind of tile laying, it's kind of got that sort of solo game mentality. Can yeah. obviously be played by one person, but you're kind of focusing on building your own game space. But the bidding phase means that not only are you trying to get the things that you want, yeah. but you're also trying to snipe the things that your other players around the table want as well. So is so it a bit of... like playing football manager, except you're managing a prison and you're trading prisoners instead of football players? I guess you could say that, Lloyd, if you wanted to, <laughs> if you wanted to football we, we, it up. But... Yeah, we won't know exactly until we, we see the whole king caboodle. I imagine being able to corner the market and barbed wire is particularly good if you're running a white-collar, low-impact, minimum security place, and the other fellow's gone all in on maximum security exactly. and yeah. can't keep anybody. They're constantly just going over the wall and away because there's no way of keeping them inside. And, that, and that's the co competitive element yeah. of the game, which is on sort of layered on top of it, which I think is really awesome. Uh, so yeah, really excited to see what they do with this one. And uh, PSC Games have got some interesting plans for more stuff in the future as well, so watch out for that too. You're just thinking about building H-blocks now, aren't you, Lloyd? Yes. Uh, I'm thinking about this, yeah. pits full of snakes. <laughs> also, are, you, are you taking the Dark Age Ragnar Lothbrok approach yeah, to... <laughs> Oh dear. What's up next, peeps? The pride of Necromata are roaring to get into the tabletop with the newest pre-order with Lost World Exodus from War Cradle Studios. So this new detachment, 35mm set, introduces us to the residents of Rishiri Island named Ainu. Maintaining a peaceful life, respecting Earth and nature themselves. They are a very Zen. They don't look very zen, but they are. Yeah, the bottom right guy there who looks not dissimilar to Wolverine looks particularly zen. <laughs> he? Yeah. he looks he looks like you've set foot on the wrong island, Bub Zen. <laughs> because that nature, that bond that they have caused the Rishiri people and their environment, and a small number of them of the Ainu that were given the ability to transform their bodies into a feline combination of man and beast. Very cool. Yeah, oh, cool. it is very, very cool. So what I am actually loving about Lost World Exodus at the moment is their beastly releases. So we had mm -hmm. Mr. Ears back at the back end of last year. 
and uh, he was part of the Soul Hunters. And I really personally love mysteries, and I love the Warrior Nation from World West Exodus. Oh yeah, and yeah. this has really caught my eye because of the stunning animal miniatures, as it were, and incorporating mm-hmm. that and how Lost World Exodus has hooked, it hooked me in with these beautiful resin-casted, interesting characters. And this is what I love about Lost World Exodus and World West Exodus, is there's such a background story and lore to these characters, and it all does come together. Yeah, it's really nice to see that kind of element of is this, this is the, the lore exposed and stuff. Yeah. yeah, That's the one, yeah. 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 But yeah, I think one of the other thing as well, obviously, from like a lore standpoint, it's really nice to see them going off and doing more stuff for Lost World Exodus. But also from a painting and hobbyist perspective, these kind of give you an opportunity to kind of maybe step away from the metallics and that kind of thing that you may get feel from like steampunky Wild West Exodus and instead embrace a lot more kind of light, bright, vibrant colors as well into the mix and do that nice transition between their kind of human skin, as it were, and the more animalistic parts of them. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a really nice opportunity to get stuck into things like blending and, and, and all sorts of stuff oh. there too. Very cool. Do, do we best. know whereabouts they are worldwide? Because I'm because up until now we we have mostly seen just um, well we we've mostly been seeing the the Wild West Exodus sort of North stuff. American centric stuff yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but I know obviously we've we've seen the uh, the Polish winged hussar um, couple well it was a year ago or so whenever it was going it was going to yeah. be a convention model <laughs> remember <laughs> remember when we had those so it's nice to see another faction come out that seems yeah. to be moving away from North America into other places it has a, a very oriental feel there it does the, sort of the weaponry the yeah. katana i'm pretty sure somebody had a pair of nunchucks <laughs> so, what, what i love about him? lost world yeah. exodus is just because it's not out yet it doesn't mean that you can't use these models doesn't mean you can't play, yeah. it. You can't mm-hmm. play with them because these feline friendlies are playable with wild west exodus as well so you can get familiar with their playing style and finesse them on the american frontier and join brilliant them. yeah uh, wild west exodus Fantastic stuff. Really likes it. Really likes. Really like. Really like seeing those. Blah. Wow. I was. I was stunned into silence by um, by Wolverine <laughs> again. <laughs> the last one's very Wiley Cat slash Wiley Cat. Yes. Although it may have just be the hair just sort of zipping up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's available to pre-order at Wayland then. Yes, that's available to pre-order at Wayland. There's a lot of uh, FLGS stores that are stocking this as well, but you can pre-order it at Wayland. A little bit of a quick news update as well from the guys at North Star. So uh, we have um, talked about Stargrave uh, during the episode, but um, the new plastic kits are coming very, very soon, sort of end of April, beginning of May. And the guys over at North Star previewed uh, a couple of different, well, three of the kits that are coming out and some of the uh, kind of characters that you can build with it. Um, so each of these sets uh, is going to come with 20 miniatures within it. Uh, and as you might imagine from a lot of the uh, North Star sets, these are going to be packed with options for heads, bodies, arms, weapons, accessories, everything you could want to start building your crew. Now, talking about the individual boxes themselves, you've got the ship crew, which is the one that you're seeing there. So if you want to build your your space traders and your um, explorers and adventurers, then you've got that. Then you've got the mercenary set. So if you may be looking to add a little bit more sort of um, gung-ho options, maybe some bounty hunters, maybe some ex-soldiers. You've got those ones there too, which are very cool. Badger at the front, yeah. Badger. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm already sold. Uh, yeah, I'm going to make. I'm going to make all my uh, all my crew animals now. That's going to be the way forward. <laughs> yeah. uh, my first guy here. 
from the yeah, earth. everybody's so focused on the chimp <laughs> that they missed the, the badger. Chimp's amazing because like Planet of the Apes type stuff. Yeah, straight yeah. out of Planet of the Apes, that one. Yeah. Uh, and then the third set is your set of troopers. Uh, so these are your sort of security guards, bodyguards, soldiers, that kind of thing that you want to throw into your planets, maybe defending facilities and that kind of thing. Now, obviously, all of these can be mixed and matched to make the crew that you really want to go for. So if you wanted to make a highly alien crew, then you can go and do that. If you wanted to make them more militaristic, you can go down that route. If you wanted to make them just traders who have happened to walk into the disaster that is a game of Stargrave as you get um, jobbed by other gangs and pirates and that kind of thing, then you can also go down that route as well. Um, it's, it's funny because I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, if Futurama was a war game... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you, you could definitely go down that route. Zoidberg would definitely fit in that He route. would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah loads of customization options when it comes to these and there's also going to be some metal miniatures in the future as well uh but yeah really really cool uh, very interesting to see how they they actually turn out because the interesting thing or the nice thing that they've always done with the plastic kits is to make them all interchangeable which yes. means yeah. they're all interchangeable with each other but they should also be all interchangeable with the fantasy kits uh-huh. and the yeah. demon kits and the yeah. catalysts and the humans so you can yeah. have a you could have a, a bunch of fur-clad hillbilly trappers because mm-hmm. as we learned from firefly just because you're in space doesn't mean you're not going to find you know fur-clad hillbilly exactly. trappers yeah. um it's it's I all depends on what you happen to end up with on your world i particularly like their cultist sprues as well cultist sprues nice. whack smack some of these sci-fi heads on them you'll have like deserty sort yeah, of post-apocalyptic life. yeah that, like uh almost like tuscan raider sort of sound yeah. people it would look ideal with those maybe yeah. go down the dead space route and have them as kind of crazed cultists and that kind of thing yeah very awesome yep moving on our last news item because there's been a heck yes. of a lot of news it has been loads of interesting things to talk about this week but we finish off with a little bit of games workshop news on both the age of sigma and 40k front in that bellacor the first demon prince is returning to the mortal realms in the grim dark future with a huge new model and a metal soundtrack to boot as well if you watch the trailer but <laughs> um this is quite the as i termed it glow up for bellacore um uh, we will have seen you will hopefully have seen the original miniature of him which probably comes up to about his waist now uh, but this is a massive new version of bellacore which is very in keeping with the original design of him whilst also embracing the larger-than-life, over-the-top nature of Games Workshop at the moment. As I was saying, he can be used in both Age of Sigma, alongside the new Broken Realms storyline book which is coming out, uh, including the uh, sort of uh, destroyed Chaos Warrior on his base, or you can down, go down the other route and unleash him on the Grim Dark Future of Warhammer 40,000, in which case you can swap out the little dead Chaos Warrior for a Primaris Lieutenant, because who doesn't like stepping on Primaris Lieutenants? Uh, uh, including Depends whether or not I'm in my bare feet. No, well, yes, true, yes. It's a bit like stepping on a D4. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, impressive wingspan, impressive model, really like the detail on it. Sort of goes back to kind of um, classic Warhammer in many ways. Really, really stunning miniature, and I can see a lot of people already uh, excited to pick this up in the comments and that kind of thing as well. Look at so, those yeah. skulls everywhere, yeah. skulls. Yeah, that's well. what I, I, everywhere you look, you see something new yeah. everywhere, yeah. but skull. everywhere, skulls, peeps. Everywhere, <laughs> actually, I think I gotta apologize to Games Workshop because I'm a lot of grief over skulls <laughs> a lot right. of the time, but I've done a lot of like World War One sort of 
research recently, and it seems to me that everyone plastered the uniforms in bloody skulls. Because <laughs> they weren't allowed to put a ratiness on their skull. <laughs> it makes you it makes you the bad guys. That's the way you do. It. That <laughs> that's is, that's how you know. That's it. I thought that was a World War Two thing, but no, no World War One sh- skulls everywhere. Russians were particularly fond of it. So yeah. Uh, but oh, as I say, apparently it was a thing to stick skulls over everything. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> get out of jail free card now. As, uh, as well, I was saying, give me grief about it next week. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, but um, as I was saying, this will be part of the new Broken Realms expansion for Age of Sigmar. And I am really, really hoping that good old Bellacor is going to be sticking it to his chaos um, friends as much as the other Grand Alliances, uh, because Bellacor has no real love of the Chaos Gods and the other Chaos Powers as well. So Archeon may be in for a little bit of trouble. He might be the Everchosen, but Bellacor's a badass. So uh, That's yeah, it. You don't need so. to love anybody when you're that size. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Love yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's like I was watching a bit of Rocky Three, and it's like... <laughs> if he dies, he dies. No, it's like, it's like Stallone's up fighting Hulk Hogan. And it's only when you pit Stallone against Hulk Hogan that you realise how big Hulk Hogan is. <laughs> he, like, he jumps up on him and he looks like he's a tiny wee person. Trying to strangle him at some point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's pretty much when you get to this size, you can rule the roost and not worry about anything. True, yeah. yeah. So yeah, really awesome new miniature. Really fascinated to see where the story goes next to Age of Sigma. Been really, uh, what, been a big fan of seeing where the yep. sort of developing narrative is for that. And loads uh, of my yeah. favourite things, skulls. Skulls. Love it when the game throws up plaster and skulls. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Love it. Okay, peeps, time to dip into the world of 3D printing. And I believe we're going to be talking about a company that we once highlighted as an indie of the week Mom Miniatures, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I always say Mom Miniatures, but it's Mom. Mamma Miniaturas, yes. So this is a... Mo. Or Mo, Mo yeah. Miniatures. But, uh, this yeah. is a, uh, a Spanish chap um, who has been doing some fantastic uh, work in the past, sculpting stuff by hand and getting it out to us in lovely resin. Uh, but they have also now taken to doing a little bit of digital sculpting and have set up a Patreon as well. Uh, where they have been showing off some fantastic uh, pieces. Now, oh, no I, one will I be see, surprised. I see. I see how this has got into the show. Exactly. Well, because of the, <laughs> the, the sculpted stones with holes in yes. them, which are very yeah. Viking-based. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like sure. Specifically for you, Lloyd. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, uh, uh, they have been working on some really, really nice pieces for the month of March, which include a selection of elves and dwarves done in a very classic Warhammer style, but with a few tweaks in here and there to try and bring them into the kind of mortal realms as well. Like, for example, you may have seen across some of these high elves that whilst they do look very uh, classically Warhammer, they do have a few elements to them that are a little bit horny in places. No. Uh, <laughs> so there are a couple of um, bits and pieces here and there that would make them oh, transition nice. quite nicely between the mortal realms and the Where? Island. Where's the horns? There, look. Where? The little headdress so thing. They're, they're, oh. they're rocking the, the oriental style headdresses, but not to such an extent that it offends us. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. Well done. Well done, mom. 
Yeah. Mom knows best. Yeah, see. But um, as well as the elves, they've also done a selection of dwarves as well. So they've done them as spellcasters and shamans and that kind of thing. As any good dwarf knows that the only type of magic is entrusted to runes. And that's the way you cast spells, not by waving your hands around. Jeez, God, of course. They not. don't need to cast spells anyway. Look at these guns. I know, nice. exactly. Got guns and grenades, he's sorted. Black powder magic, yeah. <laughs> Which is actually the uh, the premise of a book series that exists out there. But uh, anyway, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> as well as uh, the dwarves and the elves, you've also got a couple of incidental NPCs if you wanted to dive in and do a little bit of Warhammer roleplay. Maybe one of the players a tavern keep or a merchant, then you've got some options there too. I like to think of it as what Gotrek and Felix turned into once they'd finished their adventures and hadn't gone to the ends of the earth to fight uh, Grimmier. Right. reckon uh, Felix but, uh, just retired to run a bar, yes. help people by his <laughs> adventures, while Gotrek was just cashing it in. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, he was a merchant be... back before a... Well, a merchant and an engineer before he took that the Slayer Oath. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, really awesome sculpts for both the dwarves and the elves there. And they've done a couple of incidental uh, kind of terrain pieces as well uh, that ha- kind of have that Nordic theme, but obviously that's tied directly to dwarves as well, quite yeah. quite a lot in kind of... Uh, There's a Viking sun wheel. Yeah. Maybe also very good for those people who are setting up a little bit of a Skyrim-style tabletop on the table uh, and that kind of thing. So you could use that terrain as some of the waypoints and the kind of, uh, what are they, the, the the sign markers that you could find in Skyrim that kind of uh, gave you bonuses and stuff. So You've never played Skyrim? Okay, yeah. No, you have yeah. I, I played Morrowind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Once. So, <laughs> what? It's the same, isn't it? No. Yeah. How do you know all the memes, Jerry? There are so many memes. <laughs> That's a can of worms you haven't opened yet. It really uh, is. Yeah. I'm aware of memes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so Mom Miniaturus on Patreon right now. You can subscribe and get your hands on uh, not only what you see there as part of the March preview, but also there's a few starter, um, kind of like starter bits and pieces that you can pick up as well. And because it's part of a kind of larger subscription style system, you can feed yeah. back on what's Is been worked on. Is this their first well. real step into it, though, from the three D uh, side on a Patreon? Yeah, well, I think they've had it up for two months so far. I think so. There was some stuff that they revealed in February, and then March has been the sort of newest release of stuff um but yeah it's very recent in terms of what they've done in the past uh this is their first big step into 3d sculpting and that kind of thing so sorry i was, I was going to let that one go but it's very recent in terms of what they've done in the past is, is it just a great <laughs> tagline um i don't suppose you know whether or not these are going to go onto their physical web store they don't um, the patron do they they, I don't think there's a plan to do it quite yet. I know that they've still been releasing traditional miniatures yeah. alongside whatever they're doing in the 3D sculpting realm, but I don't see a reason why they wouldn't do them in the future. It just depends on whether or not um, Mom Miniatures can get them printed in resin to then well, sell, yeah, I yeah. suppose, because we, rather we've than seen the normal with, casting process. So. Yeah, we've seen that with some other, I mean, Raging Heroes, obviously their patron um is is very expansive but they've gone there's only there's so many things that we can do in a physical version yeah, yeah. and then there's some of the stuff we just physically can't do because we couldn't send it to you <laughs> yeah the, the cost would be yeah. prohibitive making the molds would be ridiculous so so there's this balance whenever they do their physical releases yeah. post patron um but it'd be nice to see i mean for crusty old people like myself who don't understand technology 
uh, rather than just stand there and scream at the screen for a while. It'd be nice if, if some like of these, because some of that looks like it could, it could be available to old people like myself, rather well, than damn kids with their ones and zeros. The other way, of course, it could go is that you could get some 3D printed and then use them as the basis for casts well, and just doing it that way as well. At, looking at their website, I wouldn't be surprised that if at some point in the future they, they become available because look, yeah. they've got these, which are very similar miniatures already mm-hmm. yeah. over on the store. Well, yeah. In fact, in fact, she was there, wasn't she? Well, that I think the ones we were seeing now are newer versions of these classic ones. All right. Okay. Oh no, that so, one's exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Oh yeah. yeah that's so, you okay. So, so yeah, you can so get them. You can. So for yeah. for people who aren't down with the kids, you can get them physically. Uh, what can I say? But down with kids. I'm uh, talking out my ass. <laughs> They're very reasonably priced as well. Yeah. I I picked up a couple of their miniatures, unsurprisingly. I, I, yeah. Really? I say that. I say that because I can't. I can't see exactly matches for everything we've looked at. Yeah. Thuriel was definitely there. And the elf sorcerers, I'm pretty sure, was there. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they didn't then, yeah. because they already have a production setup yeah. and a postal mm. setup. It would be silly not to just go, right, yeah. and we can also do this as a sort of a physical I, term. The, the, some sure. of it, like, yeah. like I say, with Raging Heroes, it comes down to they do do things that would be mm. impossible or oh. cost, cost prohibitive for them to actually so physically cast. produce. Yeah, but not if but, they did a resin 3D print of it and then yeah. just posted the resin 3D print. Well, that's, yeah. 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 So, uh, well, that's we'll it. see. It'll be worth keeping an eye on because they do have some lovely miniatures. As I say, their miniatures Felix. are very nice. So, oh, mm. look, there's Felix and Gotrek. Yeah. yeah. Or or not Felix and not Gotrek. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I have four of them from the old days when they were in lead. Oh, man. Yeah, I love Not those from Mom. You understand from GW. Man, I really, I really wish I had the the, the cool one of him with the Felix got the sword up like that. Yes, Gotrek has got his axe as well. Oh man, I, I keep I looking on the, I keep looking on eBay for them all the time. Right, you reminiscing? I'm going to move oh, yeah. on. No, all right, yeah, yeah, the show yeah, with all this reminiscing. Lousy kids, wanting to move forward. So things in the past were better. Yeah, things in the past are better than what they seem in the future. For the now and the yesterday. There we go. That's the saying. (laughs) Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Uh, Kickstarter wise, uh, I'm going to introduce one from Mythic Games. So they are back for a very short campaign. That's just over 10 days in total. It'll be seven days from when you see this. But we're returning to... Almost su- a week. It, almost a week. So we're returning to Super Fantasy Brawl Round 2. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, which comes with new champions, new expansions, and also a chance to dive in and pick up everything that existed as part mm. of Round 1 as well. Uh, but Jerry, yeah, you had a chat with Leo about this. Which I did have a chat with Leo about this. Um, and I suppose first things first is it's important to note this is not season two. Mm-hmm. This is round two. So the event happened, remain indoors. Uh, <laughs> and that, that sort of put the kibosh on where they were planning to go with Super Fantasy Brawl, which was mm-hmm. this idea for a arena-based board game that you could... Um, plot out and play on a regular basis in a tournament style people would have sort of miniatures that they could draft in they could rebalance 
all of these things would obviously be supported by sort of weekly or monthly playthroughs at local game stores. The event kicked in and put the kibosh on all of that. So rather than wait until next year when things open up again and leave the, the people who backed the original Super Fantasy Brawl sort of sitting, they decided to push on and do a round two for season one. It will introduce nine new miniatures in three new factions. So we have like the mental mayhem, the um, yeah, so it's, it's hot tricks, yeah, and, hot trick, mental might, and, and radiant might. authority. And there we go. That's the bunny. Uh, so these three, three new sort of not factions per se, because they're they're mixes of miniatures, but the the three new expansions can be played alongside the original sort of fifteen models. Um, you can also dive in and pick up the original game and the original models that came out from the first one. But the interesting uh, part of this is the core set this time around is not a Kickstarter version. They're they're leaning into the fact that they want this to be played in stores. So the, the core set will be the retail version that will be going into stores towards the end of the year. So I know a lot of people were, were wondering what was happening with it they'd originally said it was going to be a retail release and then it got stalled because of the event um but this is essentially a sort of a springboard to launch the retail version so retailers can get involved with this uh people who are interested in playing can get involved and they've got a very small simple kickstarter where it is just the the expansions uh plus the original bits and pieces uh, I think the only thing unique to the Kickstarter will be the foil cards. So when your your, so, yeah. your characters level up, they flip over, and to make life easier for people attempting to see what what they're facing on the battlefield, um, you you have these lovely foil designs. But otherwise, everything in here is stuff that they're looking to push into retail and to push going forward. Uh, and to that end, they're actually on several tabletop simulators online, and they're going to be using the rest of sort of this year and, and early next year to play events and tournaments and to collect data from those and see what heroes get overused, who's spamming what, what isn't the quite meta. up to snuff, <laughs> and then just take the meta and yeah. twist it and turn it back into sort of a more balanced feel. And this is good because when you start to play tournament based games and draft games like this, you want the meta to be balanced on a regular basis. So whether it's annually or every couple of years, whatever, I'm not sure what way they're going to go yet. I don't think they really know either because nothing's really been played yeah, to date yeah. to give them the, the information to do that. Um, but this is, this is going to be the, the, the springboard for the rest of this year. Uh, get people to get the game, start playing games either online or locally when they can. Uh, add in these additional figures, so they're going to be up to 24. So season one will essentially be complete. And I think this is going to be more or less the the style of what they want to do going forward. So when they launch season two, you know that there's going to be that sort of amount of figures and, and you can depend on this sort of um, cycle coming. So seasons will refresh the game, add new players in, add more to the lower because there's going to be a certain amount of lower and fluff uh, that will accompany this. And some of the new figures that we've seen for round two are the similar races or similar 
aspects that we've already seen from the first Kickstarter and from the the core set. So they're going to sort of expand on that. Uh, and where we've got a couple of uh, cat-based warriors, the original one was very much like a a, a Chinese warrior. Mm -hmm. uh, the the new one from round two is more like a Shaolin monk. So they've got this theme, but not all of the miniatures coming out and not all of the characters will be the same type within that theme. So just because somebody's a hard hitting puncher now doesn't mean we won't see another one from the same race occur later on who might be a healer or a support character or that sort of thing. It reminds me very much of kind of um, PC, MM, well, not MMO, but MOBA uh, style yes. yeah, kind of thing. So sort of League of Legends, Dota kind of thing. Uh, That's exactly what they're going for. So for example, Darren there from the original is actually the half, uh, half-blood child of one of the new people who's appearing who's a tyrant king and he's not happy that his daughter is running a rebellion against him uh, <laughs> and he's not a pleasant person uh, but at the same time apart from being a blisteringly tough fighter he can also sort of heal himself when other people get injured because you know they should die for their king um so it's it's fascinating to see where they're going they obviously yeah. have a very unique cartoony Yes. MOBA style yeah. it, it has that sort of uh tabletop game meets uh digital game feel mm -hmm. behind it and because you're playing in a, a constricted environment you're playing in these arenas you're trying to get the points scored as quick as possible to win then there's king alistair there himself uh then it means you're playing these games very quickly so if you're quick turnover you can play two or three games in the same space of time that somebody may play a full tabletop war game so mm. hopefully the turnover with this is relatively quick and it means that we'll we'll start to see things develop within the actual game itself where you know people putting together their forces um starts to settle into a rut and then just as it's starting to settle then nothing <laughs> can come in and shake the ant nest up and see yeah. what happens by by buffing or uh hitting them with the hammer if they need to be hit with the nerf hammer to, to bring things back in line so fascinating to see and they're do, already well funded do we have let's plays and stuff as super fun if we go? oh yes oh yeah <laughs> and they don't they'll also be relevant now then because they, they are yeah the game been. has not changed in any way shape or form these are just additional characters dropped in there so if you want to see what an alpha striker would do when given the option of alpha striking then you can see what justin has done with super Fantasy <laughs> in the past and, and you can be fairly certain that whatever he's done will probably get hit with the nerf hammer fairly hard whenever time <laughs> sort of rebalances in the future uh so yeah um a week well, left on it and yeah. like i say you're not going to see massive stretch goals because they did want to do it this was just to try and uh keep the community going support who's already out there and prep for us coming out the back of the event remain indoors well funded indeed mm. one more to get through before the end of the show peeps what have we got yeah. Uh, next, we have got the newest Kickstarter from Everdale. We've got New Leaf, Miss Wood, and the Complete Collection, which has got only 13 days left. Now, no surprise to me that they smashed their uh, target within the first 24 hours. This obviously must be a popular game because when I when I bring the page up, you will see like a million odd quid already backed mm -hmm. for this. Yeah, they have absolutely smashed it. Everdale, on its original release, had me hooked first place if you didn't quite catch my previous gushing of animal themed games and miniatures but this was uh, very much up my street so the new kickstarter everdale new leaf uh, miss wood 
and the complete collections are now available. So you can return to the beautiful world of Everdell with two new expansions and grab yourself a hefty story bo- uh, storage box as well uh, with some accessories or be wild. And it is tempting for me, even though I do have them, and you can grab yourself <laughs> a collection. See a train. Yeah, yeah, see trains. So is it is it Woodland Train Simulator or what is this game? Yes, yes it is. You should just go ahead and head back this product. Don't bother reading anymore. <laughs> oh, there's a train track. These, yeah, the new expansions just allow players to just embark in brand new pastel coloured opportunities with new worker meeples and additional station board as well. You can have uh, visitors enter your town for the chance of extra bonuses and Misswood expansion introduces you to the devious Nightweave and her plot to take over Everdale with her arachnid compadres. So for anyone who doesn't know what it is like me, am I building a town? What am I doing? Uh, well, with it, I, I will let Free uh, delve into it a little bit more because you've played it more than I have. Um, but uh, the kind of basics of Everdell is that you are trying to create your own little settlement and grow the, the village of Everdell effectively, bringing in, uh, well, so during the game, uh, cards will be placed in front of you and then you'll pay resources and that kind of thing to bring these cards into your hand and lay them out into a tableau in front of you and that will grow your little tiny settlement and give you extra points and that kind of thing. So it's a really nice little card game with beautiful artwork across Absolutely. everything. It's a streamlined uh, worker placement there. So it's, uh, it's the world and the artwork brings it to life realistically. So it's the building mechanic where the players will build the city and you have your villagers and you build your construction. So it's really, really easy to learn and the mechanics are really, really easy to pick up as well. Yeah. Um, the storage box itself, that's what kind of I had my eyes to and that's what I am tempted to have a look at the complete edition. It allows you to put... <laughs> All of your games, all of the expansions, the accessories, and the components in in a very tidy and organised manner. So it does. It is quite. There is well, a lot of different it, steps. Oh, you need you need to keep scrolling. You're not even. Oh, you're not even touching the stuff. sides so on this look one. Look at this going. So it's like watership down, but and in yeah. one that doesn't go no, quite so no, dark. it's not. No, there's, <laughs> there's not quite as much barbed wire and screaming dogs no. in this one. Not Lordy. an awkward seagull telling you to piss off halfway through. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's more it's more uh, red wall than than yeah. than, than uh, yeah. so I mean the, the original the original Everdale um, when you go further down you'll see it's like a there we go so you've got the wooden tree and the central board in fact that's a great picture just keep that picture there yeah. Yeah. so that that our initial game is the middle and then the the top the northern yes. part with the tree and then that that was Everdale and that was your 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 standard worker placement but as they've done expansions the east west and southern boards add on so um the the ones i've seen has been Everdale and then the pearl i want to say pearl, pearl brook pearl yeah. brook yeah i don't know where i got pearl river from it exists in something but i, I always <laughs> And that, add, that added the, the the otters and the water to the the Everdale world. So they've built this, and it, it jigsaws together when you're playing. So you can you can almost tailor your game depending on the amount of time you have to play by adding these supplemental expansions to it. So if you've got more of an evening to play through and you've got several hours, then you can go, well, we're going to play through a more grand vision of Everdale and have these various aspects added to it. Um, if you've got less time, then you just go, well, maybe we'll just play Everdale itself or just play one of the expansions and then choose where you want to go with it. Sweet. 
Yeah, it is super easy to pick up and the mechanics are really uncomplicated whatsoever. So if you have been eyeing up the beautiful aesthetic, Everdale, here is your chance. It really is your chance to get started. And especially if you look at the collector's box, yeah, in all honesty, this is a lot more reasonably priced than I thought it would be. Exactly. That the individual the individual expansions, they cost around about 30 to 40 pounds and if you get everything, including all the expansions, the base game, the collector's box, all in one. I'm convincing myself here, aren't I? This is <laughs> pretty much. I'm convincing myself. But if you get it all together, now is the perfect time to pick up Everdell because you get everything you need from start to finish within that universe. I got to say, loving the artwork. I mean, the artwork's it's, sublime. It stunning. really is. It's yeah. got a very, what is it, Toad Hall? What is that show? That toad Wind in the Willows. Wind in the Willows. Yeah, sort of feel to it. Messing about on the river. Yeah. The badger and toad and stuff. I, could I would also say, like, the, the actual components for the game were, were amazing to begin with, but with the kind of additional stuff they added in for the collector's edition, well, collector's complete collection, sorry, you've also got things like the tree, instead of it being cardboard, is now wood, which is just great. And they've really gone to the effort of building on all the no kind of components. A tree. A, tree! a tree made of wood? Who would have thought it? <laughs> yeah. um, and just, I just want to point this out, because this is something that there's always excited me in a weird way whenever i've ever come anywhere close to everdell is those little tiny berries that you get in the game and mm. they actually are squidgy like little tiny <laughs> real berries it's amazing it's just fantastic <laughs> that's all i can say can't, can't no. argue with that this is what happens when there's two people talking about board games you talk mm. about the squishy berries that are well there you go trees <laughs> I've even got, you know, a bajillion bows and badges miniatures that I could put down on the card to represent all the different characters. So there we go. There you go. If you want to get people into your board game, make sure they've got something to squeeze. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to wrap us up. It's been great going through all the gaming stuff, but we have another show that we're going to be bringing to you on the Sunday called the Cult of Games XLBS show. And we're going to be sitting down. I don't know what we're going to be talking about this week. Last week, we did an awful lot of hobby. I think I might squeeze in a bit of hobby. I think Warren's talking about a rule set or something he's working on. We're going to be looking at that. But until next week, peeps, happy gaming. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.